Welcome to the Otaku Melancholy Podcast, the anime podcast that believes in the you, that believes in the us, that believes in the you. My name is Matt, reminding you that you should be a leader, but if you can't be a leader, then make sure your leader is a damn good manga reader. I will not be joined with Audrey tonight because unfortunately her partner Emily was caught in a severe car crash that took the life of one person and totaled her own car, and it just felt like Audrey should spend the time with Emily and really help her get over the stress and just work out everything with her so we kind of just said we'll put the high school of the dead episode on hold for this week because it really should just you should spend time with emily and it was mutually agreed that we should do this so there will be no high school of the dead episode this week instead we're just gonna have me reminiscing about growing up weeby or growing up as a weeaboo but hey it is what it is and emily is a great person i know because she's dating audrey so she has to be a great person because audrey's a great person right right of course i'm right so, they will not be, she will not be with us today, but hopefully next week she'll be back and everything will be okay. And we're going to send good vibes to Emily and hope that everything works out and that she can get through this car crash and everything that came with it with relative ease and that the stress is relieving and that everything works out. So, you're if you're listening, Emily, I doubt you are, uh, but you are in our thoughts and hopefully everything will work out for you. So... As you can read, this is going to be just kind of reminiscing over some of the experiences I had growing up as a weeb in the South and in this general area. But before that, uh, we're going to do check-ins. Before we even do check-ins, we're going to do some huge shout-outs to some people who have really made my week and a half or whatever. So first of all, I want to give a huge shout-out to Echo117. He is in our Discord, and he might be even in a Discord you're in. He's a great guy, fantastic human being really really great person who let me adopt a Kokoro figure that was taking up space in his uh, his domicile he's given me a Pekarine figure before these are characters from Princess Connect if you didn't know and if you don't know well now you know but he allowed me to uh, have this and I, he was really generous I paid shipping I really should just have paid him for the figure but I I I I, I am a very I am a man of min I am a man of minimal wealth and I don't know, Echo seems to be nice enough as far as that end goes. But if he, if, he, if he ever wants something, he knows he can just ask. But he gifted me this figure, and that, really, uh, that was really great and awesome of him. And Echo117, great guy. Hopefully you have him in your server or you can talk to him because he's pretty cool. He's got a great collection of figures, and if you know him, you probably know he's pretty great. I also want to shout out, a second shout out really, is Darth Egg, who... I guess it's just me shouting out people who gave me things, but basically I'll pimp out for things, and no, but for serious. Uh, He gifted me a copy of Cyberpunk 2077 for the PC. He had a Steam account, or he had a Steam account that had money on it or something, and he didn't have a computer at the time that could run games optimally, so he just ended up gifting me Cyberpunk because he had the Steam credits and all that. And he gave me this copy, and I have been playing it to an extreme degree, so I'm already logged about... 27 or so hours in on the game I'm having a tremendous amount of fun which is so surprising because the things I'd heard about cyberpunk were always negative because of the glitches and all that but we're two years after the fact and are almost two years about to be two years and it's a really fun game it really just sucks the time away with just reckless abandon I will play that game and just lose myself I had a fun time with the story act one left me devastated and now I'm just playing having a lot of fun with it 
and I will. I think we'll cover the anime Cyberpunk Edge Runners fairly soon because I just finished that, and I don't want to spoil my opinions on it, but it's it's amazing. It was an amazing anime, and Darth Egg is an amazing person to decide to just let me have this game and play it. And I'm really thankful for it. He is a really great person as well. He is also in our Discord. You want to talk to him? He's one of our patrons as well, and he'll get a shout-out later, but he's getting a double shout-out right now. But he is a great guy. Um, He's always fun to talk to. I enjoy when he pops up and has something to say because it's always fun. And he has posted his gym pics. uh, uh, Well, I've seen his gym pics, and he's a very handsome man as well. So thank you, Darth Egg, once again. Hope you're having a great day. Thank you for everything you do, and thank you for supporting us. And my last shout-out is the Anime Brothers. They're not a single person, but they're two people. Uh, by the time you hear this episode, uh, by the time you hear this episode, the, their episode won't have come out, but I will have, or will have been, or have already. I don't know. Time is an illusion to help us make peace with things. But by the time you have heard this, or will have heard this, or possibly will have already heard, uh, Anyways, I will be on an episode that they, uh, they've they put out for their month of CISCON September, and it was a whole lot of fun to do. I felt like I talked way too much during the course of recording that episode. I just felt like I overloaded, and I said some stupid things now that I'm done with it. I feel like I said some really silly things, but I did give a little history of some of the CISCON knowledge I had acquired and a little bit of the history that I researched, and it was a whole lot of fun. They're always great guys to hang out with, JD and Earthworm are absolutely amazing people. Their podcast absolutely dunks on this one. And if you listen to both of us, you know it's true. They're great people, though. And uh, like so many other people I've met through doing this, I'm glad that I have all the podcasts that I've ever collaborated or done stuff with have all been great people. But, you know, they're two of the best of doing this. They're really great people. JD's super fun, and Earthworm is really knowledgeable, and he can really use his eloquence to just just bash his skull in. He bashes his skull in with words, but nah. They're both really great people. Really handsome dudes, too. But they're great people, and I, I'm glad I got to record this episode with, with them. And once again, thank you guys for letting me do that. So thanks to everyone involved who has been nice enough to just give me their time. I really appreciate it. And hopefully uh, you'll stick around and listen to me just reminisce over some anime bullshit that happened when I was growing up. But before I talk about some of that and try to just break down and talking about myself in anime, which is kind of weird, I feel like this will be a very awkward episode for me because I this is actually the fourth episode I will have recorded this week. I recorded the Anime Brothers one, and that was the start of it. And I recorded a video game anime podcast episode but wouldn't you know it, I'm very stupid and recorded with the wrong mic on Audacity. So I recorded from my laptop's mic, so the audio sounded really, really, really far away and really awful. And I didn't think there was any way to recover it. I I just thought it would not sound good. And I, I always hope that we can maintain some level of audio quality in some fashion. We try to. Doesn't mean it always works, but we try to. So... I said, well, I'll just try to buffer, just, we'll try to, we'll, some, one of us will do it. Sometimes when I do these solos, I edit them. Sometimes Craig edits them, but I don't want to bother Craig when it comes to stuff like this. So I sometimes end up editing them. So I said, I'll just buff this up later and then we'll make an episode out of it for Patreon or something. So then after that, I recorded an episode on light novels and I hated that episode after I listened to it. 
I said, wow, I sound absolutely horribly preachy. And it was about our light novels literature. And I absolutely hated that episode when I listened back to it. So it is currently in the vault to be put on Patreon or whenever we have another just emergency situation because I sounded so preachy and so full of myself in that episode. And I hated it because sometimes I listen back to some of the audio clips that Craig sends and I say, oh, that's that sounds such I sound like such an asshole. But this one, I feel like will be easier to record and it'll be quicker because, hey, you guys, for thank you for listening. And I'd like to make sure that we get episodes out at least weekly. None of this whole, you know, indefinite hiatus crap that we do sometimes or we did that one time. But hey. anyways, that's about it for thank yous. Uh, check ins. So as I just said, uh, Darth Egg. Gave me a copy of Cyber, Cyber, Tiger Punk, Tiger Punk, gave me a copy of Cyberpunk, and I've been playing that, like I said, almost 27 hours in already, it's a huge amount of fun, and it really coincides, I'm really glad that I played it first and then watched the anime, because really and truly both the anime and the game have the main character, I feel like almost be Night City, the location where it takes place in, because that's really... The cyberpunk aesthetic just lives and breathes in that setting, and it really works tremendously well, and it's a whole lot of fun to just explore and be in. So I'm glad I got to play the game before watching the anime, and I'm really glad I got to play the game, because I never would have done it if Darth Egg hadn't um, hadn't gifted me a copy, because I was just, I'd heard such negative things about the, uh, about the first build and about the release, and I said, well, I'm not going to play any bad games. I'm not going to play anything bad of my own awareness and having to pay for it so I, I didn't invest any time into it but hey Darth Egg decided that I should play it and I am and I'm having a great time with it so far I'm also playing a Splatoon 3 Splatfest at the time of the recording is currently underway we are team fun right here I am very team fun I'm tired of getting on the TikTok when I'm bored and seeing team gear bash team fun I'm just trying to have fun I really am. If I'm on a deserted island, I want to have fun because really and truly, I'll probably just give up. There's no use in me trying to have gear or grub. I just want to have fun if I'm on a desert island. So, team fun. I don't know if we'll win, but hopefully we will. That'd be pretty cool if we did. So, Splatfest is underway, and after I finish recording this, I'm going to play a few rounds and try to try to just contribute to the cause if I can. But I mostly feel like I don't because I'm really bad at Splatoon 3. I'm really bad at all Splatoons. And I don't know why. I feel like, as far as the concept goes, I should be great at it. Spray the ground. I'm great at not hitting the targets in other shooter video games, so why do I not win at Splatoon? I don't know. Maybe I'm not missing hard enough. But I'm having a huge fun time with Splatoon 3, and it's kind of weird that I'm being torn between it, Cyberpunk, and right now Tekken. I'm... Yeah, I'm still on my fighting game kick, and I was going to try to, like, learn how to play King of Fighters 13 because I love King of Fighters, uh, but I started playing Tekken, and I got kind of weirdly invested in the Tekken lore because I watched a video on YouTube about it, and it's really insane. The lore is absolutely insane for Tekken, but I had fun playing it, and I... <laughs> If you played Tekken 7, I'm going to tell you who I've been maining with and trying to get good with. And if you played Tekken 7, you're going to instantly go like, of course, that's who you main, Matt. But I've, I've been trying to really get good with Lucky Chloe, who is the uh, the the pop star uh, dance who uses kind of capoeira and dancing. 
and she has a lot of cat aesthetic, and uh, I, I, I love me some Lucky Chloe, and hopefully I'll get good with her and <laughs> good with her soon enough. Otherwise, I've just been memeing with some of the guest characters like Negan. I don't know why you would put Negan from The Walking Dead in a Tekken game, but he is just an absolute weird blast to play. So I've been, I've been torn three ways between these three games. And I've also got a few visual novels that I picked up from Jast, J-A-S-T's uh, sale that they had, including Full Metal Damon Muramasa. And hopefully I'll get to play around that some sometime soon. I know it's a very sim-tomb sometime soon. Uh, hopefully that'll be in the near future because I do love visual novels as well. I love all novels. In fact, I got a light novel just today. Uh, it's the new Rascal volume. Rascal does not tr- dream of a sister leaving or something like that. So, and that, and that anime just got announced. The new season of Rascal just got announced. I am recording this the day before the episode drops. So I've actually, it'd be pretty cool if I could talk about some of the news from and the Anaplex Fiesta or whatever it's called. That would be really cool. Maybe we'll do that next week. Maybe Audrey and I will have a little hype news section. I know Audrey doesn't particularly care, but I do. And I I, I would like to talk about it. A whole lot of hype announcements from that uh, from that showing, though. Uh, including, what is it, a Rurouni Kenshin remake by Leiden Films, the Nier Automata anime, the Rascal Seasons, new seasons or whatever. There's a lot of hype. The new Fate. Great stuff coming out of that. So, you know, like, anime it's looking good in the future. Looking pretty good. Looking like we're going to be some good stuff. So, hey. And outside of that, as far as my life goes, as far as updates, uh, not a whole lot has changed. I'm still getting really into my new job. And there are times when I kind of hate it. I'm still trying to work out regularly and give myself a... Uh, give myself a, a fitting chance, like getting myself fit to so that I can suplex my grandma for calling me fat. And I've overall had a lot of fun. I also got, I also went to go see Kangaroos. I forgot about that. It happened a week ago. How could I forget about going to see Kangaroos? I talk about it on the Anime Brothers episode. So, yeah, went to go see Kangaroos, and I had a whole lot of fun, and now I've got a kangaroo as my wall bat, as my phone's wallpaper, one that I took while I was um, overseeing them because they let you feed them. And it was really cool because they would try to... They would try to lean back on their legs to, like, grab your food, and they couldn't do that, so they would grab onto you to stabilize themselves. It was so cute. But one of them was a big, massive chonker of a kangaroo, and he grabbed my arms and ripped it to shreds. Like, I have multiple cuts all over my body because of this big red kangaroo who wanted to, like, get into my food. But it was a whole lot of fun. I also got to see an emo, too. And also went spelunking, kind of. It's it's not really spelunking. It was a cave tour. And cave tours are pretty cool, but I was in such a bad mood during it because I just was sleepy and I was cranky and I really hate it because I, I kind of just was the entire cave tour. I was just going, when will this be over? When will this be over? When will this be over? But it was still pretty cool to see this cave. I kind of want to go back in a couple of weeks to go do some more cave tours, to spend the entire day doing a cave tour sort of rally. That would be really cool. Caves are cool. Caves are really cool. It just sucks that I didn't get enough sleep because I'm, I poorly manage my time. But, hey, hey, uh, that's that's basically it for my catch-ups. Uh, let's just go on to today's main topic of growing up weeby, or just growing up as a weeb in my general time period, I guess. So, uh, like a lot of people, my first anime was really Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z. That's a fair for the people who were born 
in my sort of time period that's kind of a, a common sort of consensus of what was your first anime, it was these. Dragon Ball, Pokemon, Sailor Moon. I really like Sailor Moon out the most out of all three of them, but my dad was afraid to turn me gay, so I didn't get to watch too much of it. I mostly saw a lot of it at my babysitter's because I would get off the school bus and they would t- I would get off the school bus to someone else's house, which is kind of weird now that I'm thinking about it. But I'd get off at someone else's house and they would just put me in a room and I would watch whatever was on Cartoon Network until my parents came to pick me up. And that usually ended up being just Dragon Ball Z or Sailor Moon, whatever was going to come on that evening. And that was the only time I got to watch Sailor Moon because if I, my dad or my mom picked me up, then I couldn't really watch it because I was afraid that dad would say I'm becoming gay. Or mom would tell dad that I was becoming gay. I don't really know. It was kind of scary. But yeah, so that was kind of my first real anime experiences. I never, I didn't watch too much late night anime. As far as a lot of people I know, they watched a lot of that late night stuff. I only really watched Inuyasha as it was coming out. I didn't like Wolf's Reign. I didn't, I liked FLCO, but that was just because it was hugely weird. And there were multiple horny episodes in my like, young young brain didn't comprehend the horny but knew that it was nice and so I just stayed up and kind of watched a lot of Inuyasha but never I never caught it in order so it was always I would watch Inuyasha then I'd miss a week for some reason because I'd do something like go on aim and just not contribute to society by joining anime chat rooms because I at the time I would go into anime chat rooms having only seen Inuyasha and little bits and pieces of other shows that were played in the daytime and we would just talk about those and I never had anything to contribute and at the time when I was in these chat rooms I think everybody knew that I was like a kid kid so they would generally ignore me but it was nice to just sit in these chat rooms as a kid and read through people talking about anime and it was it was pretty fun I met some cool peoples back in that day who have probably long since forgotten me but if you're still out there and you remember Matt Curie, if that's a uh, if that's a familiar name to you from an AOL chat room, that was me. So you know, that was that was Matt. I was Matt Curie, eight hundred. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so uh, as I was growing up, that was I I didn't watch anime after I became kind of twelve, thirteen. I didn't watch it until I got into high school. In fact, the entirety of middle school, I didn't really consume anime on the regular, mostly because I became this huge reedy book nerd. I had to read. I loved reading. That was my main thing, and I liked playing video games. And anime didn't really fit into that because I couldn't procure anime on the regular because kind of the whole feature of this growing up thing was I was raised in a small town in Alabama, and... You didn't really have access to the... We didn't even have access to, like, DHL internet. It was all dial-up. We had dial-up until... I didn't get, like, regular good internet until I was, honestly, 18. If I wanted any anime, a lot of my anime watching came from me going to my friend's house and bringing my laptop and torrenting it. Not even with, like, a proxy or anything. Just straight-up torrenting it and then taking that and going. Or... He had a, he had like access to this direct download websites like these websites where you had to be a member to join and then you had to also have like a you also had to pay for a service like what's that one that nobody likes Mega Mega 
something like that. And you had to pay for a subscription to that so you could download the episodes from these websites you also had to pay to be able to get into. And so he let me have access to both of those. And I would download a lot of anime that way. And doing that in torrenting is kind of how I got to have the anime I had until I became 18 and really started to have good internet because I wasn't staying at my parents at all. So that's kind of where it all starts for me at least is just having a friend. Uh, John, I talk about John a lot. John is who really got me back into anime bad because outside of being into getting into anime that ways, I also really got into Bleach because we still, for a couple of years there, we did have satellite TV and I got to watch Adult Swim whenever it came on and I watched Bleach. I liked Bleach. Bleach was my favorite. I did watch Naruto and all that, but Naruto never hooked me in the same way as Bleach did. And I forgot. I forgot that I also, a little bit before that, I also really got into manga as well. When I was um, in middle school, I say that and I forgot that I was literally into manga in such a big way because my parents would take me to the bookstore and I would save up my allowance for books and stuff like that. And I would do chores to get money for books and I would um, I would buy manga and stuff. I watched a little bit of Yu-Gi-Oh alongside Dragon Ball Z and all that because Yu-Gi-Oh also came out and it was one of those things like I thought Yu-Gi-Oh was just a TV show and then I was in fifth or sixth grade and someone had the cards and I thought they were just replicas. I thought that you couldn't play the card game like that because anime Yu-Gi-Oh kind of follows rules but then it forgets the rules and you know I think what Yu-Gi-Oh in the in the manga anime you have like 2,000 life points or something like that but in actual play it's 8,000 it's something like that so until I was in fifth grade I thought Yu-Gi-Oh was just fake and then I saw I had a friend who had it and he gifted me some I think he gifted me a scapegoat card or something like scapegoats and that was my first Yu-Gi-Oh card and then I started playing the Game Boy Advance games and all that. I was really into Yu-Gi-Oh. I, f- I always forget I had a small Yu-Gi-Oh phase for a minute there where I had so many cards and collected so many of them. But it just kind of it's, it kind of escapes me just because it was one of those things that I loved Yu-Gi-Oh when I was a kid. But now I just I don't even I don't like card games that much outside of Pokemon that's the only one I really even kind of sort of play and have cards for to this day. But yeah, so going back, I would save money and every now and then I would buy a manga or two because uh, the manga section at the Books a Million that I would go to had just gotten like for the longest time. It was a graphic novel section that also carried manga. There was no dedicated manga section. Maybe they'll show you how oh, the time period. No dedicated manga section, just manga mixed in with graphic novels and sometimes it was called something like anime manga there's a lot of anime manga you know manga comics that are just pant like just screenshots from the anime that are formed to make a comic a lot of it was that so i ended up buying the Yu-Gi-Oh once and i don't know if you know but i know that the first few like eight or nine volumes of Yu-Gi-Oh are Yu-Gi-Oh season 0 where yami is doing stuff like murdering middle school kids because they decided to take his booth at the school festival and stuff like that. You know, death games, which are arguably more exciting from a uh, standpoint of just bloody entertainment, but uh, not exactly fit for American kids. 
So I, I bought manga like Yu-Gi-Oh. I bought, I bought the Shonen Jump magazines too that were currently out, and those were really wicked cool because that's how I found out a lot of stuff before it became anime or before it became, before it became anime that came over here. I read Naruto in the Shonen Jump magazines before it came over. They had previews of Roroni Kenshin and a bunch of manga like that that never really stayed in their pages. I forget what else they had. I think they had Yu Yu Hakusho in those pages as well because I I knew of that Gene character, the the wind guy, before I saw the anime this year. And it kind of just, I was kind of like, oh yeah, wasn't, wasn't that in the pages of Shonen Jump? I don't know. And Shonen Jump had a lot of cool one-shot things in it as well. If you remember the magazine, I don't know. It's kind of dated, isn't it? The original Shonen Jump magazine. Because they never, if you don't know, they never published consistent sort of like the weekly Shonen Jump that is published in Japan. You know, it's one chapter a week of multiple of every single series. But the English version of Shonen Jump was basically three chapters of maybe five or six series. And in between the pages were these cringy color pages that were announcements of new video games that were coming out. Like the One Piece GameCube game, that's how I found out about that. The uh, Naruto Path of Ninja games. Or is it Path of Ninja? It's the fighting one on the GameCube. I don't, I forget what that one's called. It's not Path of Ninja. Clash of Ninja. Clash of Ninja. That sounds better. Ultimate Ninjas and all that. Bunch of ninjas. Anyways, so that's kind of how I got really invested into that sort of uh, sphere of anime. Is from these Shonen Jump magazines. And they also had Yu-Gi-Oh cards in them, which was super cool. But, unfortunately, the books a million that I would go to was really lax, lax on security. So, almost all the time, the, the comics were already opened and the cards had been taken. So, I, wasn't, I almost never got any of the cards that were included with the magazine. Except, like, this Amazon one. I remember the Amazon one because I had it for the book, a bookmark for my manga for the longest time. Until suddenly I didn't. Anyways, moving forward, back to what I was trying to say. So, I would buy manga, and it would end up being what little experience I had in middle school outside of starting to watch Bleach. And Bleach was my big obsession. Uh, Like I said, I lived in the middle of podunk nowhere in Alabama, so there wasn't going to be any like trade stores. We had a, a Sam Goodies for a while until it just went away completely. So we never had ease of access to those stores that are, you know, so revered now, like Suncoast, FYE. Didn't really have regular access to them because my family would never go to the cities where we could buy stuff like that. But Walmart, every now and then, would have anime DVDs. And the one they would have was the Bleach box sets. And that's how I started getting into Bleach, really and truly. The first time, basically... I had a lot of money as a kid from like my birthdays and Christmas and something. And I saw, I read in the Shonen Jump. This all ties together. I knew it would tie in together. It's perfect. I'm great. Amazing at this, really. <laughs> no, but for seriously, they had an ad for the uh, Bleach anime in one of the Shonen Jumps I'd picked up. And it had the covers and all that. And it had character features. And I said, oh, wow, that looks really cool. Because it wasn't actually in the pages of Shonen Jump at the time that I was reading it. It was. Everything else, Bleach wasn't in there for some reason, and gosh, I can't even remember the series that were. I know that Naruto and Yu Yu Hakusho, and I want to say Dragon Ball Z was in there, but I 
I honestly can't remember entirely. But I, I saw the Bleach ad and I ended up buying the DVDs and I watched those things over and over and over. Basically, the first 60 episodes of Bleach's dub are ingrained into my soul because I bought the the sets whenever they came out. I remember one set came one set came out after I had my first real well not even real. She was in the high school. It was like my freshman year of high school. It came out when I had gotten dumped and I was so upset and I like was so so upset about it. I was such a little wussy. Like not 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 that being upset over being dumping is a wuss thing. I just took it to an extreme. That's what I mean. I took it to an extreme with how sad I was when we hadn't even dated for like two weeks. That's why I said that. Because we hadn't even dated for two weeks. And when she broke up with me, I was in despair and everything was awful. And I I, I, I give my mom too much kind of unfair treatment on this show as far as telling stories about her. But she saw how upset I was over this stupid breakup. But she knew I liked anime. It was one of those things, like, she knew I liked anime. I never talked to my dad. Still don't talk to my dad, unless forced. And he didn't know anything, but Mom saw how how, how upset I was and ended up giving me, uh, buying me the third Bleach, uh, the third Bleach box set. And uh, that's how I got the third one. And I really want to thank Mom for that because, like, it's kind of like... You know, when someone gets upset, you might get them candy. My mom gave me anime. And my mom and I, again, I don't talk too much about my mom about on this podcast. It's not an interesting topic to talk about family, I feel like, on these podcasts. But my mom has always been the one who will, for all the faults that she might have, she's nobody's perfect, but she did watch anime with me. She watched the first season of Bleach, like the first 20 episodes. And I don't think she vibed with it. I think she just did it because I wanted to watch it. But, and she just, my mom always gave things a fair chance, I guess. But she did like, she did watch Death Note. And she did really like Death Note. Uh, She really, really enjoyed Death Note. She also watched the movies for Death Note. And she, she, she really liked Death Note. But, to the point, that was kind of my first, like, getting big into anime was these Bleach box sets that I got in late middle school, early high school. And... As I mentioned in the shipping episode, so much Bleach fan fiction, so much Ichiruki fan fiction, so much of that consumed. I got all the manga. I got. Oh, I didn't get all the manga. I got all the manga up to um, up to I want to say the mid part of, I think like volume thirty or so. It was a lot of manga, but I got all of the Bleach that I could get before I got burned out and kind of reached that weird phase in high school where I said, oh, why would I like these things? These things are uncool. And that was basically my sophomore and junior year because that's when I thought I was too cool to be around these things. And then I eventually realized that it's not cool to not think things are cool. But hey, the more you know. And that's one of the things that I I, I constantly would like to say what sucks about Alabama. I don't know. I've lived for the majority of my life, I think like three-fourths of my, three-quarters of my life I've lived in Alabama and in the general Bible Belt. And the rest has been just experience to experience from different parts of uh, the United States. But Alabama is the worst about having judgmental, uh, prickish people who will relentlessly sort of uh, just bestow upon you their judgment and opinion 
when you don't want it. And it's always critical because it is in the Bible Belt where you're going to be living with a lot of people who, if it's not, if it's outside of their roadhouse, roadhouse, then they're not going to be exactly thrilled about it and they're going to judge you for it extra hard. And that was kind of the problem was that I was being judged extra hard by my family and by my family's friends, but not really my friends because I said, John really helped me get into anime. He's the one that showed me Steinsgate when I was in my senior year of high school and said, hey, this is what anime is actually good and you should watch it. And that led to me watching Mirai Nikki and watching a whole lot of really crappy mid-anime that I thought was gold tier, except High School of the Dead. For some reason, I did not like High School of the Dead when I was in that period. It's like, it's too horny, too many boobers. It's too, the boobers are too big. That makes it bad. Fan service is mid. For real, though, the fan service is fan service. So, at the time when I was growing up at about that, that time period is when I start, first started going to the conventions, too, when I was like 18, 19. And the one that was local was Comic-Con. And Comic-Con is very small comparatively to the other cons I've been. It's still pretty small, all things considered. But they grow every year. And they're, I've I've gotten to talk to the people who run it. And they're really nice. And they seem to be really friendly. So all things considered, I think they're doing great, obviously. And I just didn't really think about just Comic-Con as being so small in scale until I went to these other conventions and I was like, Jesus, Louises, we we got small time over here. We got the Peanut Con. And it was one of those things that it was kind of eye-opening my first time going because I went with my my ex, my ex who I talk about in the uh, the Anime Brothers episode who cosplayed Kirino. And it was really fun but I was such a dork back then. And what I mean by dork is this. I, as a person, didn't even want to like... And, okay, let me rephrase that when I say dork. I feel like I'm, this is happy. This episode is going to be redactions. I was a person who was insecure about my liking anime for no reason. Some people have jobs and they have fields where they need to keep up an appearance uh, and be an acceptable human being. I get that. I would never say that you're a, like that you're in the wrong for trying to do that because some people I know have professional work careers. They have professional careers and professional relationships where they can't reveal themselves 100%. But I was like I was in college and I was so insecure about liking anime to such a extreme degree. For example, I was so embarrassed like my f- second time I went to Comic-Con. The first year I went, I was so, so nervous about everything. I didn't want to buy anything because I was so scared that because I was flopping in and out of living with my parents and living with other people. Basically, when I was going to school, I would kind of live or I would stay with people who were a little bit closer because my parents lived so far away from the college that I was going to. And so it was just unreal to try and expect to just do that commute every single day. So... I was just very unsure about what I wanted as far as these conventions go. And I was scared I would buy something, leave it at my parents' house, and then they would find it and be like, Sinner, this is a sinful object of utter sin. Because my dad was kind of into religion at the time to a, a weird degree. He would flop in and out for almost the entirety of his life. I don't know where that man stands with his religion now, but he would flop in and out at the time. 
So I was very scared I would buy something and then he would pick it up and he'd be like, this is going to send you to hell, boy. And then I would have to deal with that. So I was very nervous about buying things. I didn't want to buy too many things in my first year. But then my second year, I just decided to say, screw it. I'll do what I want. But I'm also going to be nervous about it. And I bought things. But I made my, my the same ex who, we the same ex who cosplay is Kirino, who we, we dated for... An, like five years five years yeah so I made them buy all I think I made them buy all my stuff because I was so nervous of looking like a fool in front of the vendors which is weird now like why does it matter what you look like in front of the vendors why does it look matter what you look like in front of anyone as long as you're not in the job of making appearances and I was, I've never been in the position of making appearances. I shouldn't have bothered with my family and wondering what they would think of me, especially my dad. So I kind of look back on it now and I was just like, why was I so insecure about buying things and doing things like that? I was such to the degree of insecurity, nervous, bashfulness when it, it comes to just figures and cosplayers that to, I wanted to buy the Sonico figure. And she was in a bikini. And I don't know where that figure is now. Uh, I kind of miss it because it's like my first real figure that I spent money on. Outside of this Nami figure, I did buy a Nami figure at... It was a con, the first con that Audrey and I went together. and she Sakoshi Con. That was like the first figure I remember buying. Or was it at Sakoshi Con? Gosh, I can't even remember. I can't even remember where this, this figure came from. But it was a Nami figure and she was eating a snow cone and I felt so embarrassed that I bought it. Because she was in a... Uh, she was in a bathing suit, and I was I was at the time I was barreling through One Piece, the because it was at a reasonable amount of episodes at the time. Well, a sub or reasonable amount of episodes, and so I was really into Nami, and I bought this figure, and I <laughs> along it's alongside the Sonico, both of these which were the Sonico one especially where I had to have my um my ex buy it. Literally, I had to. I felt like such a child. I had to point at it and say, "I want that one." And then sh- they had to uh, grab it and buy it for me. And then I handed the money off to them. And I did this with multiple things. It wasn't just the figures. It was scrolls. It was it was art. It was all this crap. And every time I saw a cosplayer that I liked, I was so nervous I would look stupid that I made them take pictures of the cosplayer for me. And I don't know about you, but just imagine that every time you wanted to take a picture of someone, you had to get you had to get someone else to do it. And you even had Audrey do it at one point when we went to Sakoshi Con. I had them take a picture of this Luca cosplayer. Really great Luca cosplayer, but I was just too nervous. I was like, it's like my wife who is real, so I can't do it. I can't take these pictures. And that carried on. It's the, case, the photo thing carries on to this very day. I still cannot take photos of characters I like. I have to get other people to do them because I get so, for one thing, I'm so anxious and so shy and so just socially inept at times that it's, could you take the picture for me, please? I don't know how to talk to him. That's basically, it's, it's basically me to this day. Uh, that's never gotten better at all. I was like, I've gotten better things about it. I've not gotten better at all. I've gotten better about buying my own things though. I, I just whip out the I whip out just whip out the card now. I don't even care, and it just it goes into everything. If I want something now, whenever I go to a convention, I just drop the card and I pay for it. But at the time, I was really scared, and I had them buy the Sonico figure for me. And the funniest thing about that Sonico figure was when I took it home 
I was so nervous of my parents finding it again that I would display it when I was out in my like out in my room and whenever I left I would put it <laughs> and I guess now if if they ever found it and I think my stepmom uh my departed my departed stepmom like bless her soul uh if she ever found found it she never said anything but I know she found the dojins I bought from Faku that's a story that's that's an awkward story that I'll get into in a minute so I would buy this figure this Sonico figure of her in a bathing suit, and I would wrap it in a, like a towel and then put the towel at the bottom of my sock drawer, and then I would put so many socks on it. And then, almost as if I was so nervous, I would put just books on top of the sock pile because I didn't want anybody to find the stupid Sonico figure. And it wasn't even that nice of a Sonico figure, but goodness forbid that someone find it. The Nami figure was so small. It was a very small... Maybe, like, just... Maybe not even four in like I don't even think it was half half a foot long, but it was a small figure. And that one I just I just put it in my backpack because again, my family was really judgmental and I was scared that they would talk to other people and just be mean to me because my dad had this tendency of when I said that I still wanted to play video games and I still wanted to like buy the Pokemon games. He thought that I had outgrown Pokemon when when what was it? Sapphire and Ruby came out. He was like, yeah, I thought that was a child. I thought that you had outgrown that. And so he didn't buy it for me when I, or wouldn't let me buy it when I worked to get my own money and stuff by doing chores and all that. He wouldn't let me buy it. He was like, you've outgrown this. And so I just ended up having to buy some stupid other game. And then I got it for Christmas from my mom. So, hey, go fuck you, dad. Um, but seriously, he wouldn't let me do stuff like that. And this is where the sphere perpetuates from because my that's just how my family was. It was judgment this judgmental behavior. I always had to hide my anime things. My manga, for the longest time, was hidden behind my regular books. Basically, my bookshelves, you know, a lot of bookshelves are very, um, they're very wide for you to put your books against the back of them, like the back of the shelves. But I pushed all my books forward and I hid my manga behind those books, which is kind of like, if you look at my bookshelves now, I use risers in those places so I can see all the manga. But at the time, that was the only way I could think to buy these comics and stuff and not have Dad just find out about them and judge me for it. Because, hey, I get it. I, it's just family, and they they were not the best of people, and that was something they constantly wanted to judge me on. They, when I was watching anime like Bleach and all that and Dad came in, he would always say something about, why are you watching cartoons? And I know that other people have similar stories, but it was just rough trying to like these things or watching the anime on my um, laptop from John that I'd gotten from John's like downloads and all that and to constantly have my dad or my brother uh yeah I have a brother I mentioned multiple times I don't have siblings I do have a brother but he is honestly kind of dead to me for reasons that I will not go into on this podcast because we have a very jovial podcast it's a very personal drama issue but I don't consider myself to have any siblings uh but yeah, my um, quote-unquote brother at the time would also do the same thing, and he would relentlessly bully me over it alongside other things. And that was really unfortunate. That kind of created a big complex for me. That We're still talking about to this day in therapy. Great, great, good old, good old pal, good old pal. I feel like I'm having therapy right now talking about this with you guys. I feel like I'm doing like a therapy session. 
on my own just talking about this growing up weeby thing and growing up so socially embarrassed. But uh, the point of what I'm trying to discuss as I'm telling this little bit of a story just to fill in this week is that it's okay to be unsure and to hide what you like. But you should also be proud of it too and don't let people judge you. But it's okay if you have to hide it because that was literally me until I turned maybe... Maybe it took me like so long to get over that. I can't remember exactly when it clicked. I want to say that for the the first real time, I kind of became proud of liking anime and became kind of just enamored with the fact that this that otaku culture, at least in America, is something to be proud of. Was maybe right as I started this podcast, because even before then, I had been on and off anime for so long prior to starting this podcast and I'll go into that I don't know if you'll care but I'll go into that and kind of reminisce a little bit more about that in a minute Back. I had to take a water break, and by water break, I mean I had to take some gamer fuel. I, I had to caffeine up. So, prior to doing this podcast uh, for several years, Audrey and I met in college. We were both members of Scholars Bowl. We talk about that pretty regularly. That's that's how we became friends. And I've talked in the, the anime, anime Brothers episode that came up that the first thing that got me into SISCON was my ex who cosplayed Kirina. And how they showed me Syscon anime, and I got really into it that way. But I also would like to give big props to my uh, my friend Martin from college, who made me watch a whole lot of uh, made me whole wa- watch a whole lot of anime that were really uh, really lewd. He got me into Sekirei. He was the one who introduced me to Kiss Sis, and they talked about he talked about it all the time with one of our other classmates about Kiss Exis. He called it Kiss Exis over and over. But he was the one who turned me on into Kiss Sis and a bunch of other stuff like that. He also tried to reintroduce me to Oremo as well as a few other things. I can't remember what anime we just binged. I think it might have been Index. Yeah, it was Index. I just remembered going over to his house and binge-watching a certain magical Index. I just That just came to me. And then going to Railgun... And that, oh wait, the core memory unlocked for real. My mind palace is completely blown, the doors are blown open. Yeah, we, he was totally into those series and I watched them and I, I even, I even met, um, at one Hamacon, I met Micah Sulisid and he was the voice of the main character of, of Index and I talked to, tried to talk to him about how much I liked Index. And he's like, shouldn't you like Scientific Railgun more? And I was like, why? And he's like, it's just the better one. And I was like, okay, Micah Sulisid, I'm sorry. Uh, great, pretty cool guy, though. Uh, he was also what? He was also Soul from Soul Eater. Yeah, I think that was right. I think that's right. I think he signed my copy of Soul Eater. I'm pretty sure he did. I'm going to go check that after I get done with this recording. Because I, I, I got a lot of things signed. And as I grew older and... When I started going to conventions regularly, like going to AWA, starting to go to other things, Comic-Con regularly, Hamicon before it closed, go listen to the Hamicon episode because Basil's really cool, and started consuming anime conventions more, 
I, I was also big into dub actors. I took a lot of pics with Michelle Ruff whenever she came through. I absolutely adore her. She's so kind, sweet, and all that. I can't remember the other uh, the other people I've taken pictures with. I took pictures with uh, a forbidden voice actor at one point when they came through, and I I, I had their picture up in my in one of my rooms in the uh, old apartment I had for the longest time before things came to light. But hey. That's not a discussion for this episode, and I'm not going to talk about that, but let's move in right along. And I, I I, grew a little bit with each time that I went to a convention to kind of accept myself a little bit more, because again, in this area, I don't know where you're from, and it could be true at every place. I don't know what the universal anime fan experience is, and I would love to hear your stories. Uh, if you're listening to this, it, I would love to hear what you kind of had as an experience growing up, because just in the Bible Belt, it was kind of hard to find anime fans when who liked anime beyond just a shallow sort of, I like the anime that I grew up with, and these are the only anime I like, which there's nothing wrong with that. There really isn't anything wrong with that. If that's what you like, then like it. There's no fault with that. But I would try to get invested with these people who only watched shonen battle, battle anime, which was hard because my friends, the friends that I were talking to, who were into anime, they weren't exclusively limited to battle shonens, and I wanted to talk with them. So it, it was people like Martin and and John, who were not exclusively limited to these two set to battle shonen anime. So I wanted to watch the stuff that they were watching, and I wanted to experience the things that they were experiencing. And it eventually kind of just I had to grow out a little bit from beyond them and consumed a lot of just eclectic amount of anime for the longest time if you could believe it one of my favorite shows that i was so stoked on because i was like it's the perfect adaptation of anything was persona 4 the animation and that's so weird to me because i can't even remember a lick from that anime outside of just the girl who delivers like beef bowls who always gets to them on time and i loved it but i also loved persona and I was never. It was like I was more into anime video games at times than I was at actual, uh, at actual anime because I'd play stuff like Persona Four, t- the Tales series, uh, Trails of the Cold Steel, all that stuff. Hello, my kitty. So I was more into that really and truly because it was just, I just never. I just kind of wanted to follow my friends, and then when I came out on my own and said, "I'll watch the anime I want to watch," I looked around and said, "I don't know what I want to watch." So I'll just freely admit it, when I was trying to watch anime and watch beyond what other people were telling me to do, because my ex still watched anime, and we would talk about it fairly regularly, uh, they were into a lot of stuff that I wasn't, they were into yaoi and a lot more um, rom, not even rom-com, just hard rom, hard rom, and I wasn't exactly feeling it, so... You're trying to find an anime community, and you don't know where to go. So where do you go? You go to 4chan, and that ain't exactly a great place to form a unique anime experience, and I'm fairly certain that if I ever get a cancer diagnosis, it's going to be from these couple of years where I formed, I watched a lot of anime that the Anime and Manga Board would recommend. But uh, for all the negativity that 4chan does ultimately kind of accumulate and what it does produce, I did watch several anime that I wouldn't have unless I had been just trolling that board. For example, the only reason I ever watched Osumatsu-san, which is one of my absolute favorite anime, is because people on 4chan were posting gifs. They were talking about the episodes, and I said, oh, this looks funny. This looks this looks really cool, and I would watch it. And that's 
where a lot of my anime came from is people on 4chan users on 4chan saying this anime good you should watch it and then it would turn quickly devolve into this anime actually bad and you're stupid for saying that but i don't think it's necessarily a great thing that i was watching anime based off 4chan recommendations but at the same time it it was what it was and it's what i was it's what i had and i also had my friend devin who was super into anime, but he's the, he is the quintessential sort of uh, Annie bro. He really, the more I kind of talk and hang out with JD, the more I'm like, this is just a different, this is just like Devin's like counterpart. They're, they're, they're kind of eerily similar at times, but they're both, they're both great people regardless. But he was into that anime where he only wanted to watch certain things and he would only watch these certain things. He was huge into Attack on Titan. He was huge into a whole mess of anime that just wasn't appealing to me because it was just always, he was a huge Naruto fan. He was, I'm telling you, he's literally just, he's literally just JD from the anime. He was so into Naruto and Itachi. And at one point when we were over to play video games, uh, he was, it was a PlayStation 4 or Wii U. They had a web browser on one of them. And when we went to go click the web browser, he had he not a porn pulled up. And I still remember this day just, just making fun of him for it. Not that there's a bad thing for him liking he not. It was just like, dude, you just gonna look that on your browser on your PlayStation? What are you doing, my guy? But yeah, Devin gave me uh he's he also gave me a lot of uh some of his old anime he got, he was the one who kind of got me to watch dragon ball z again because he really really liked it and he always wanted to praise it and watch gt i ended up giving him my entire collection of of gt that i had at some point because again dragon ball z was one of those series i grew up on watching and i never really occurred in my mind that it could be something that it would be something that i ever liked liked you know for the longest time, I look back on it with negative feelings and opinions because as I watched more anime, it was just one of those things where I was like, well, Dragon Ball Z's not that good. It was just overhyped. But nah, if people were into it at the time, there's got to be some reason it was doing great, yeah? It's it's not just good because you were a child when you watched it. There has to be some substance there. And when I read the manga again in 2020 during the big lockdown i said oh you know what dragon ball is actually really really great i'm just being a cynic douche cynical douchebag and maybe the anime ain't that great either because of all the filler and fluff that goes into it but hey that's neither here nor the point of discussion anyways the point is that i had to get out from under my friends and i started listening to 4chan recommendations for content and that ain't a great way to go so this kind of happened for a while, and I was always on and off with anime. I'd go into video games, I'd go into other hobbies, and one of the biggest people who got me back into anime, whether she knows it or not, was Audrey. And how Audrey did this is after I had my big breakup trademark, I started hanging out with Audrey fairly frequently, and we at the we did hang out a good bit. We again we were college friends. And we would play D&D and other sort of activities on the weekend when we could manage the time. Because both of us kind of drifted away because I went to a different college than them and so on and so forth. But when we kind of reconnected for goodsies and started playing games and all that regularly, uh, they would come over and they would we would watch Gundam. And they gifted me a Gundam, uh, a Gundam Gunpla kit of Yori's mom from Gundam Bill Fighters. And I got into 
watching anime because of Audrey, because we were watching Gundam, and I would be basically like, I don't want to watch, I don't want to watch this as much anymore, I want to watch either anime, and that's, at the time, either anime were indeed plentiful, I would watch Himoto, Umaru-chan, that's, I was watching the second, like, more Osamatsu, I was watching a lot of other things, just because I needed to wash off the mecha that was regularly encruing into my eyeballs because of Audrey, which is, I, I, I like Gundam, I do like Gundam, but I, I still wanted other anime, and Audrey just going over and being like, let's watch Gundam Wing. Oh, we hate Gundam Wing. Let's watch G Gundam. Yay, we love G Gundam. And then going, let's watch 12th MS Team. I'd be like, yay, 12th MS Team. And then and so on and so forth. And I watched a lot of Gundam by myself just because of Audrey was there. But then after that, I just got in that kick of always wanting to watch more anime and wanting to watch, ma- wanting to watch, wanting to read manga. And it really does begin back whenever Audrey started hanging out with me more regularly and giving me a lot more experiences. And so really, this podcast is all Audrey's fault, (laughs) really and truly. No, but eventually time goes on, and I I kind of accept, by that time that Audrey and I were hanging out on the regular, I um, I was buying figures, I was buying manga, I was becoming more accepting of the person that I was, but I wasn't showing it off quite with the flair that we see. We see to this day, but eventually, and this is a story that is kind of what the podcast is, is I moved, I moved in 2019, 20, yeah, 2019. I moved around that time because I just needed to get away from my family, among other things. Uh, because I was still living close to them, and they would still regularly visit me, and they'd come over, and I would just be like, God, no. Because it became, they would come over to my uh, my house, where I was living with my ex, and I would feel compelled to hide everything, because they would come in, and they would judge me, and they'd be like, oh, you like this? This is dumb. And, yeah, it's not exactly a very, uh, not exactly a very fruitful uh, lifestyle I was living with them constantly coming over, and that's, that's a whole other story, too, for actual therapy, not just podcast therapy. So they would come over, and eventually I just needed to go and leave. And as after, especially after the big breakup, I had no reason to stay in that general area. So, And I met somebody, and so on and so forth. And I moved. And I spent, like, I, I moved sometime in September. And this was like in 2019. And this is, might be boring to you, but this, I guess, is what kind of started the podcast too. Was it was like 2019, and Audrey and I were not talking as regularly, but I still wanted to talk with Audrey. And I wanted to do podcasting because I was listening to other podcasts and I enjoyed them, but they would say things that made me just go, wow, that's stupid. That's big dumb. Are you stupid? You got the big dumb disease? And. You got some, you got some dumb disease, dumb, dumb disease. Anyway, so I would talk with listening to them. I said, I want to do a podcast. I want to do a podcast. I want to do an anime podcast. And time goes on and time goes forward. And I say to Audrey one day, we should do an anime podcast. And Audrey goes, okay, let's do an anime podcast. If you think you can handle it. And it became a thing where we were going to record and we were going to do all this stuff. And I was still super animate and super excited. And I was these anime podcasts really did help me. One of the biggest ones, uh, 
for better or for worse, was Otaku Spirit. I listened to them a whole lot, and they're great guys. Andrew and Chris are really great people, and I, their content, is, their seasonal content is really what got me into watching seasonals again because I would watch them every now and then when I was in my um, pre-phase. And there was never like the extensive seasonal watching. It was always just one or two shows. But I would remember the shows that were going on because I would be in 4chan and they would talk about the stuff that was airing week to week. And then I would go on to uh, Twitter and lurk on like Annie Tweeter, Annie Twit, and I would kind of get my information that way. Uh, but I, listening to their seasonal coverage of just past shows really got me excited and wanted me to explore the wild, wild west of seasonals. And that started my in fall 2019, really started in fall 2019, and listening to them alongside other ones. Uh, but after that... I said, yeah, Audrey, we're definitely going to do it. 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 We're going to do it. We are going to do it. We're going to do this podcast. And then January comes and we record the podcast. And it, it, that episode is very rough to listen to. If you listen to it to this day, it, it, it ain't it, Chief. It is absolute dog trash. It is absolute dumpster fire. Everything is on fire. Just doo-doo cockapoo-poo as far as just audio quality goes. Any Everything we did back in that day was pretty bad, really and truly. And I'm not exactly proud of it by any means. So, uh, but that's kind of, uh, we did that and I got really excited that we could be consistent about it and we could put out episodes. And I always had fun recording with Audrey and I still have fun recording with Audrey this day. I, I wish we were uh, we hung out more <laughs> outside of podcasting, but we're getting back into it, and we play video games like Fortnite, as you heard, and that's uh, after kind of doing this podcast, I've gotten to meet a lot of you guys, and I've gotten to meet other podcasters, and I've gotten to see every what everybody enjoys, and I'm I'm really glad that I've gotten to do that. Yeah, obviously, our our listenership it's not the hugest in the world but you guys you guys really make it when you guys say positive things or just have such a nice pleasant trees to engage with us and all that then it really uh it really does mean so so much because getting to hear what you like getting to hear your takes on the anime takes we have getting to hear all that it really makes this it makes this a whole lot of fun and i'm glad that uh to this day um Almost three years in, I'm still getting to do it and still getting to meet new people and hang out with all the friends I've made by doing this. And uh, thank you so much. Basically, I to just kind of give you the entire point that you're it's important to do hobbies and engage in hobbies. For the longest time, I just watched anime by myself after I uh, I moved in by myself and didn't really get in regular contact with my friends like Martin and uh, Martin, John, and all that, and kind of lost touch with everybody. And Audrey really got me back into it, like I said. But I was watching anime by myself. And that's, I think it's a hobby where you need to talk to other people. You can enjoy any TV show by yourself. You can enjoy any video game, any piece of film by yourself. But it feels better when you get to talk to people and say, this is what I like, or this is what I don't like. And... I get it was so hard for me to connect with people to talk about anime back then because I was hanging out on 4chan. I can't you can't say anything on 4chan without being called slurs. 
generally. So it's kind of hard for me to talk anime. And then Audrey came along and we would talk Gundam. We'd talk about our favorite things. And then I would watch anime by myself and I wanted to talk about them. And that's kind of the genesis of this podcast is that I wanted to talk more anime. And I I just want to give sort of an affirmation to everybody that I grew up in this environment where I couldn't be accepted as much as I wanted to. My dad and my dad's side of the family were always, I mean, my dad's grandma is the one, or my dad's mom is the one who called me fat. I, I was not too accepted of my hobbies. Even in school, it was one of those things I couldn't talk to anybody about. The friends I had who were into it, it was never something that was accepted by anybody. And to this day, I hear about how anime is more accepted and the hobbies more accepted in schools. And that makes me so happy. I would be, I know that some people have a resistance to anime becoming mainstream. And you know what? I do understand that because it's nice to have a hobby that's your own. It's nice to have something that is unique to you. I get that. I get where you people are coming from. But at the same time, I don't want people, I don't want people to live with hobbies they can't share with other people. That was the roughest time was being in high school for that freshman year, that senior year, having this love of anime and just having one or two friends to talk about it, when I feel like it's something that you should, if you really love a hobby, you should spread it to everyone that you you can. And I hate that that was kind of the environment I was in, especially because it, it did kind of suck me out of anime several times. I would watch something, who do you talk about it? Can't talk about it online because you don't know how to talk about it online because where did you go? Forums? I didn't know any forums of where to go to. 4chan? Can't talk about 4chan. I don't want to be called I don't want to be called the R word today. Couldn't I didn't have any place to talk about it. And so I I really am hopeful that as it becomes more popular that we can have people who have a variety of interests and can talk with each other and make it a more active and engaging hobby. I mean, if you're into lewd stuff, yeah, you you be into lewd stuff. You go girl, you go girl and arbor. You enjoy that. You keep it, keep it with yourself, and keep it and share it as you want to. Because I think that anime is like TVs or films. You know, people who like horror aren't gonna mingle with people who like strictly fantasy, and they might cross over. But that's why I feel like anime is. Anime is an art form. It is a hobby, and people who like, you know, who like lewd anime or like fan service anime, they don't have to mesh with the shonen people. The shonen people don't have to mesh with the people who like moe. It's all just a big, it's just a massive, huge art form. And those people can group together. So having more people into anime, I don't think will ruin anime. And I just hope that it affirms more people into liking anime. I would love for these small conventions to be filled with people just because we have so many people who want to be into anime and manga and all that weeb stuff. It's just at the time, I didn't have that. And I think that I think that if you are listening to this day, I hope that you you share your love as much as you're comfortable with. You don't have to blast it like I've said several times, you like that I want to be that kind of anime fan who can just be proud of it. And it's hard for me some days because sometimes I like my anxiety riles, rears its ugly head and says, You look stupid, Matt. You are big and you are dumb. And everybody hates you, so you should probably hide your anime wife your t-shirt. And I go, you know what, Anxiety? You are completely right. And that's kind of my problem to this day is that I'll be like, yeah, big anime flex. And then I'll just have these memories of my dad coming in and like judging me for watching Bleach and all this other crap. And then I go, oh, I shouldn't show, I shouldn't show myself the way I look a fool. But you, if you love anime, if you love manga, 
flex it as much as you're comfortable with. Don't let your dad, don't let your dad put you down. That's my moral here. Don't let dad put you down. Don't let your family put you down. Don't let the the cruelties of the area you live in put you down because that sucks. Because it sucked the it sucked the joy out of me so many times to be into something and know maybe I shouldn't flex it because I don't want these judgmental these judgmental grandpas to look at me differently and it's just hard I got the bad anxiety so sometimes I'm afraid of what I'm gonna say might or what I might do might just be really weird and then my anxiety will flare up and then I'll be like oh god I'm gonna die everything's awful there's something wrong with me and that's just my issues but you. You as a listener right now, I hope wherever you are, wherever in this big majestic world you are, that you are showing your love of whatever you love. You know, it doesn't even have to be anime. As long as you love something that doesn't hurt anybody else, then you know what? I hope that you can share that love and that you affirm yourself every day with the things that you love. And it doesn't matter if people call it cringe, if people call it lame. Don't doesn't matter. If you're enjoying it, it's your life to live and you should be proud of it. And that's just what I'd like to affirm to myself every day is that it's not cringe. It's not it's not lame. It's just my life. And I just trying to live it. And I hate that for so many there was such a time period that I lived in where I was scared to have hobbies that weren't weird. You know, that weren't weird to my family or just to these people that I had to congregate with because of school and work. But now I just flex it. Now I don't even care. I don't even care that much. I mean, I got I got I got anime stickers all over my Tumblr. I got my little waifu cups that I bring to work every now and then. I don't bring them too much. <laughs> I mean, like I'm going to flex, but at the same time, I'm not going to like rip my shirt. And I got stickers on my car, like anime stickers on my car. And I, I have a lot of, you know, anime apparel and stuff like that. And I'm really proud to be into anime and I'm proud to, to to like and have this hobby because it's so much fun to get to do and it's so much fun to get to, to enjoy it and then share it with you guys. And I'm glad, forever glad that I have, if you're listening to it right now, then I am so proud that you're, I'm so happy that you finished this episode because I feel like it was kind of just a cringy recap of my life and about how hard it was to like anime and how I just grew up liking it despite having a minimal exposure to people who weren't watching stuff like Kiss Sis and all that, but I'm so glad that I got to meet all these people who helped me like anime better and gave me uh, this energy to do this, like, to watch anime and have the hobby for it. I don't have, like, a billion massive uh, anime list. That's mostly because I go in and out of having other hobbies that take over my time, but hey, anime's still almost always been there, and it's Audrey's fault we're here today, really and truly, because... she wanted me to watch Gundam, so you can blame Audrey for a lot of this. But thank you guys for listening to my rambling. I'm sorry that we don't have a High School of the Dead episode, but that'll be next week, hopefully. I'm not doing solos anymore, so if if Audrey doesn't come back next week, it's just not going to be an episode, or I'll have a guest on or something. I don't want to do these episodes by myself. This is hard. This is hard talking to myself for an hour and a half. I can't do it. I've had to drink like a can like a can of 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 energy caffeine and i'm feeling like my my brain is kind of unraveling a little bit also i think it's raining outside that's really cool but thank you guys for listening this far to my ramblings of growing up weepy or whatever it's going to be called but thank you guys so much for listening to this uh we have been the otaku melancholy podcast You can go to our website at otakumelancholy.com to see all our links to all our episodes, past, present, and future, as well as our social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, 
and Discord. Join the Discord if you would like to have a conversation with us on the regular. We're all active in it. And you can meet all those awesome people that I talked about earlier at the very start of the episode. They're all in it. They're cool. They're great people. You can join in, talk with us. You can also, if you ever want to, you can send us a good old email to otakumelancholypodcast at gmail.com. We always appreciate positive vibes and positive words. And so whenever you have something to say, we are always open to discussion and listening to you. And it's awesome when you decide to talk with us. And speaking of people who talk with us, I'd also like to thank our Patreons, including Cream Puff Coon, Jalvin, Anime of the Week, Darth Egg, Ikea Plant, Moe Soda, and Chris S. Thank you guys so much for supporting this podcast and... You can too if you want to by going to patreon.com slash otaku melancholy where you can for as little as $3 a month you can support us and get extra episodes including those two episodes I just recorded that turned out crappily or that I didn't like but you can support us there if you want to financially but if you don't want to you can just share the word and that's really the best way to do it. Share the word and just keep on listening. It means so much that you do. And speaking of someone who matters so much that they dude, uh, today's quote comes from P.G. Woodhouse, who once said there is no sure foundation for a beautiful friendship than a mutual taste in anime. And mutual taste in anime podcast, perhaps. He didn't say that last part. That's just me adding on. Thank you guys for listening once again. I'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. And kambate too.